Welcome to episode 42 of Instant Expertise Marketing. We appreciate you listening in. Today, Sherry and I are continuing our five-part series focused on ABM or account-based marketing. In this series, we're sharing insights on how to create your own ABM program from scratch or how to improve conversions in the program you've already got. I'm Yvette Brown, co-founder of Xpromos. I became an entrepreneur at 23 by starting my own promotion agency with my then 29-year-old business partner, Sherry Nomadi. And I'm Sherry Nomadi. Yvette and I have always approached business from extreme opposite ends of the spectrum. And yet it's amazing, but we always come to the same conclusions on how to help our clients succeed. So today we're going to outline the seven steps that you need to take in order to build your own ABM marketing campaign. You know, there's this mistaken belief that only large enterprise companies can successfully run an account-based marketing campaign, or that you need really pricey automation to do that. But we are here to tell you that both of those things are false. In fact, you can create your own program without all the tools, and it will make your business development efforts much more targeted and therefore much more successful. So today we're gonna to walk you through those seven big steps to make it happen. Step one is all about identifying your financial goals so you can target, calculate your targets. I know this might seem obvious, but basically you just wanna work backwards from what your target number is. And, you know, we like to work in the 90 day cycles. So that can be a great place to start, you know, 30, 60, 90. So, you know, just sit down and go, okay, what number do we want to hit this quarter? And, you know, start working your way backwards. If this is your uh, goal in revenue, well, or, you know, here's what we need in profit. So this is what we need in revenue. How does that translate? How many clients is that? How many projects is that? You know, you know how your business works, but very quickly you can start getting to exactly how many new clients or new projects or however you look at your business you're going to need. And from that, you can start to figure out how many, um, how many people you're going to need to reach out to, to try and hit those numbers. Right. And I think, you know, just to expand on that a little bit, it's not you have to figure out what your open rates are or what your conversion rates are. So then you can start going, OK, this is our financial goal. Here's our open and close rates. So, oh, we need to hit this many people. Right. Right. It's sort of a case of where, you know, none of us, uh, unfortunately, can say that every um proposal turns into a client. So, but if you look at that and go, <clears throat> okay, we're going to need, you know, four new clients this this uh, quarter. And we know that our close rate is about, you know, 50%, let's say, or 25% or whatever it is. That means we're going to need, if it's 25%, we're going to need 16 proposals to get that you know, 25% close rate. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you can just start seeing the numbers because if you need 16 proposals, you start to go, okay, well, I can't just talk to 20 people because I'm not gonna get 16 of them to say, yeah, I want a proposal. What's a reasonable number you're gonna need to talk to? You know, Maybe 160 right. to get 10%. You know, it, it, uh, 
don't get too hung up on the on the very exact what the numbers are, but we want you to have a feel of whether or not you are need to build a, you know, five people or 500, because it's usually not as daunting as you think, especially in this uh, ABM scenario where you're really going after your best prospects. That's right. So moving on to step two, this is either using or creating, if you don't already have one, your ideal buyer persona or personas so that you can profile your audience and create your three ABM categories, which we talked about in our previous episode, which is that one-to-one, one-to-few, and one-to-many. Yeah, this is a super duper important step. Like Sherry said, I think it was in our last podcast that we actually talked about this in a little bit more detail, but it's really important that you start by having your ideal buyer persona. One of the things that we do as a you know small agency is we have always looked at our very favorites and our very best customers. And we look at those clients and we say, what do they have in common, right? Mm-hmm. And that helps us to kind of get a profile of what those folks look like, like what their title, like kind of like what level of seniority are there? What do they, um, what characteristics do they have? You know, for you, it might be what industry are they in? You know, all those things where, as you kind of say, is like, who could you serve, you know, with your eyes closed, you know? And, you know, not, you, you want to, to really think about who would be perfect for you. And that's really a great place to start. Um, so we highly encourage you. Well, you really have to have these ideal buyer personas before you can really move on. But once you have them, like Sherry said, you can then build those three ABM categories and start to see what your ABM pyramid is going to look like. So then once you have that, it's building your three ABM lists, right? And then you can start researching ways that relate. And then once you know what that answer is, you can create your offer. And guys, I know that sounds really easy. It's like, oh, just build your list because now we got our personas and we're going to figure out how you're all relatable. So then we can just create this offer and like one, two, three, couple of keystrokes, as we say, and it's done. That's really not the case, right, Yvette? Not at all. Um, this is a um, this is one that you're going to need a, a great deal of of. Well, not, not, not so much a great deal of time, but dedicated time on, you know, for starters, mm-hmm. you know, you perhaps you're not going to know everybody that's a perfect fit for your buyer persona. I know that, you know, to be honest, that's a challenge for us at times because our, um, our persona is a little different. It's not just in one particular vertical, so it doesn't make it as easy, but we know what makes our clients ideal. Um, so we try and, you know, find a way to, to, you know, track them down or weed them out. Um, in any event, though, once you kind of know those, you can take a, a stab at building those lists. And that's against your one-to-one, one-to-few, and one-to-many. You know, there's so many ways nowadays to build lists, you know, in business-to-business space. Um, LinkedIn is really a great place to start. If you don't have Sales Navigator, we highly recommend that because that is a great way to start to um, figure out who those folks are at different levels. And you can see, you know, um, 
trees of the organiz organization trees and all these types of things that will kind of help you find the people to, to get going. But once you do, don't think your work is done. You this whole idea that Sherry just talked about on the ways that you can relate to them is paramount. Um, you, with your one-to-ones in particular, you need to start getting to know them on a personal basis. So hello, social media. This is a great opportunity to not only read their LinkedIn profile, but go look at their social profile as well and start making notes um, in your research of things of like, oh, are they tennis fans? Are they, you know, fans of the New York Jets? Do they love baseball? Are, you know, are there kids in soccer? Like, you know, people tend to share a lot of things that can help you when you are putting together your information. Now, when you're looking at the one to few and one to many, that personal information may not be as relevant because you're going to be um, putting messaging out to them that's sort of in aggregate. In right. that case, you're really going to need to know um, those industries a little bit better. And um, But once you start thinking about those three groups, you need to put yourself in those shoes and try and figure out your offer. In other words, why would you want to work with you, right? Like um, now, why, why would someone be compelled to choose your solution now? And you need to put yourself in those shoes and start thinking about the answers to those questions. You're not going to want to ask them that out of the gate, but eventually in your ABM program, those are the things you're going to want to get them to act on. So start thinking about that in step three. And then after you've done that, and that is a bit more of an undertaking than it sounds like in that one sentence, the next step is connecting your story with your unique selling proposition to the needs of your audience categories. Yeah. And that seemed like, wait, what, what did you just say? Yeah, but, what did you, um, that was too many big words in there. What are you saying? Yeah. What we're really saying is that if you've got your unique selling proposition or USP, which I'm going to assume that our um, listeners do, um, hopefully you have a story and your story is how that you bring that unique selling proposition to life through the eyes of your best prospect. But basically you need to take that story and think about each of those ABM audiences and you need to start figuring out how that connects. So um, again, depending on what you're offering and what that solution is, every single one is different, but the more specific you can be about connecting your USP with their needs, the more success you're gonna find along the way. Absolutely. You know, our step five, it kind of seems like it should be step six because step five is creating a six week calendar of touch points and making sure that these are diverse messaging and delivery methods. And Yvette, I know you can talk a little bit more about that, but why is that so important? Well, it's funny. It's so important, in fact, that I know we've got some other uh, podcast episodes planned specifically on those topics. That's Basically, right. um, we picked six week as a as a calendar of touch points because that gives you a 42 day period where you can get a program out there and see how it works. It gives you, you know, if you take a couple weeks after that to see what's happening 
that kind of sets you up within a one quarter to see the results, tweak and move on and do it again. So we like six weeks because it's, yeah, I don't know. That's how long um, McDonald's does their Happy Meal program. So I feel like <laughs> six weeks is a pretty good vibe. When we do um, sweepstakes programs, we tend to offer them for, you know, four to six weeks. So it's just, it's about the right amount to keep yourself, your sales team, your marketing team engaged and not go too much longer. So that's why six weeks. The reason for the diversity of messaging and delivery is because different people engage in different ways at different times and people need newness in their life. You can't just send them emails in your ABM and have that be the end of it. You need to find different ways to say the same thing over and over. And like I said, I know we've got some other um, mm -hmm. podcasts that are going to go in a little deeper on that, but that's really the point. The six week is kind of a magic time. Diversity of messaging and delivery is going to make your program successful. Absolutely. And step six is launch it. And guys, we're saying launch it even if your touchpoint assets aren't quite yet completed because version one is better than version none. Every launch time. It. Don't yeah. be your worst enemy and try and just keep perfecting it and waiting for the best moment. Now is the time. Exactly. And, you know, and the thing about those touchpoint assets is that, um, you know, as you're going through your nurture streams in those 40, um, those 42 days of touch points, you're going to want to um, deliver different assets along the way. And so today you may not have all of those done, but basically what you've done in this exercise in the diverse messaging as delivery is you might've said, hey, we can create an infographic, we can create a video, we can do this, we can do that. <coughs> Some of those things you may have done some of them might not be, but if you put it all out and you check it off and someone's responsible for getting all those done along the way, you'll be able to create a cadence that you can work with. And finally, step seven, this is track, evaluate, adjust, refine, and repeat, right? Yep. And that's, that is really it. It's the beauty of ABM is that it is always a work in progress, but you know, if you want to really know if it's working, you're going to have to track it and you know, you can get, um, don't get in the week. I, we recommend not getting too far in the weeds of whether this particular touch point worked and that one didn't or whatever, because you can't just look at engagement on any particular touch point to know whether or not it's an important part of it. Rather, we think that the most important thing to look at is, did you meet your goals? Did you get your 16 appointments? Did you close your four leads? Did you like what happened? And, right. um, you know, as you have real experiences with real prospects, the feedback that you get on that is really important because you really will have a sense of what's working and what's not. You do more of what's working and replace the stuff that maybe you don't think is working very well. And then you just turn around and do it again. Absolutely. And that's it, guys. If you would like the download of these steps that we just talked about, you can visit our microsite and that is at 
abm.xpromos.com. You'll also find details there on how we can work directly with your team so that we can help you build a successful ABM program. And as always, thanks for listening in. Do come back to hear more about ABM Marketing Insights as we do continue this series. Thank you.